0: everyone and welcome back to the CCPL podcast. I as always am your host Kirsten Real, branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort. And today, I thought because of the spooky season and the fact that Halloween is literally around the corner, I mean 3 days from now or 4. It's 4. Bad County. I thought why not talk about Ghost stories and scary stories and all things spooky side. (laughs) Fun fact, I have recorded this podcast three times because I keep I keep having technical difficulties. So (laughs) I'm very sorry if this sounds a little rehearsed at this point because I've done it three times. So (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, I thought, why not go ahead and do some scary stories? Who doesn't love a good scary story? I love scary stories. Halloween is amazing. I love horror movies. I love being scared, although it doesn't happen very often because now I've become desensitized to it. But I still love hearing and watching a good scary story. And who doesn't love a good ghost story? That's a that's a good one, too. And we happen to be in a very rich area rich in history you know this area is old i think well it's old by america standards i mean beaufort is the third oldest town in north carolina and you don't get to be the third oldest town in north carolina without having a rich history and a lot of that history is you know. Ghost stories and, and tragedies and what happens when spooky spectres are seen in the in the cemeteries because, you know, they died a tragic death in seventeen twelve or some such. I don't know. Beaufort itself was um populated in seventeen oh nine. It was founded in seventeen oh nine, so That's how old I'm going off of. I don't know about the other towns. I live in Beaufort, so. (laughs) Not from Beaufort, but I now live in Beaufort. And this area, not only is it rich in history, it's also a seafaring town. So, this whole area is full of, full of stories and tales of ships that ran aground, or ships that sank, or, you know, pirate, duel, pirate fights and Whatever's that resulted in somebody dying tragically at sea? And what happens to their spirit? And so a lot of the tales that we're going to talk about today are it involve the water? They involve ships in some way, shape, or form. And it's just interesting. It's interesting. I love a good scary story. Like I said, I'm from an area. I'm from Western North Carolina, where there's occasionally a ghost story. They're not. They're not very good, at least from where I'm from. But they, you know, they're all obviously landlocked, you know. It's it's all about, you know, people, sectors who died, you know, walking home one night from the store or something. I don't know. So here, it is interesting to me when I moved here, hearing all these stories about the ocean and ships and, and people who died at sea and all this other stuff. And it's just interesting. It really is. So, I don't know enough rambling i'm sorry <laughs> i love this topic so it gives me kind of rambly um but yeah so today we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about the tales that i have found or heard since i've moved here we do have numerous books here at the beaufort library but we also have some at the other libraries that are all about tales ghost tales scary tales from Beaufort or from Carteret County or from the surrounding counties, uh, you know, tons about ghost tales of the eastern North Carolina. So it's it's just interesting to me. A lot of different tales, some more bloody than others, but still still interesting. And although a lot of them don't specifically say there's a ghost attached to it, I mean, come on, it's an, it's a tale. You know that somebody died tragically. You know there's a ghost involved. At least a good story would have a ghost involved. Fun fact, though. Apparently, the web library in Moorhead City has had quite a few sightings of specters. So, who knows? I mean, I've never been there, so I don't know. I haven't seen it but because I've never been But I've seen multiple accounts of people who swore swore they saw or heard something. So, definitely check that out. Apparently, also, the old burying ground in Beaufort is a hotbed of ghostly activity. A lot of people have said they've seen things at night in the graves and whatnot. So, that's something to check out, too, I guess. I have been at the old burying ground during the day. Never been there at night, but I've been there during the day. And there is something interesting about being there. It's like, how it how can you be so close to the road and not hear cars? <laughs> there is something otherworldly when you step in there. Very creepy because it does feel like you're cut off from the rest of the world, and you're just wondering, you know, if maybe you stepped into a portal or something. I don't, I don't know. That's my fanciful brain taking over. I guess I don't know, but. Anyway, so let's get into it. Like I said, I found a lot of these in books that we have at the library, so definitely want to stop by and check one of those out. But the tale I'm going to start with is not technically, it's not in Carteret County, it's in New Bern. So, you know, not too far, not too far. But it was in one of the books I read, and I'm going to tell it as best I can, because it's not quite as good as the written word, in my case, anyway. So, there was, there's this story about a Cedar Grove cemetery, which is a cemetery in New Bern. That uh, there's a legend about a duel that happened there that caused a curse. Oh, and I love it. I love a good curse in a scary story. you can't have a good ghost story without a curse. I'm just saying. It doesn't work. Anyway, <laughs> so the story goes. That there was this man named Governor Spate, who was a lawyer, who was very firm and set in his ways, and he was a very commanding man. People listened to him when he talked. He was very opinionated, and and just didn't like when somebody disagreed with him. And he was a very prominent figure. Well, one day. A man named John Stanley moves to New Bern. And when he gets there, he is also a lawyer and he also has a commanding presence. So he immediately gets on Governor State's bad side and the two become adversaries. Well, apparently something happened. I have no clue what happened because the book did not say what specifically happened. But something happened that caused the two men... To agree to a duel. So this is back in. The early 1800s. When dueling was, was okay. And legal. And so they it was a duel to the death. Challenge was issued. And accepted. And the seconds were chosen. And they chose a spot. And a time. And it happened to be outside of Cedar Grove Cemetery. At dawn. So at dawn. The next day. The two men met. Along with their seconds. Outside the cemetery, and there were some onlookers as well. And they agreed that they would, it would be by pistol. So they each had a pistol that was loaded by their seconds. And they were told to stand a certain amount of uh, feet apart I think it was like 30 feet or something. They were told to stand apart. And on the count of three, they would both fire. So the second counted out one, two, three. The shots were fired. And both men missed. So, they reloaded. They gave it another shot. And on the count of three. One, two, three, They took their second shot. Well, they missed again. <laughs> so, the two men ended up moving closer together. They could have left the duel at that point and just said, you know, whatever. We're not going to continue with this. And they could have saved face because they tried and they failed and whatever. But, it's said... That John Stanley was determined to rid himself of an adversary and that he was bloodthirsty. So, what did he do? He was like, no, we're going to go ahead and t- continue with the duel. Well, so the third shot was fired from 15 feet away. Governor Spate missed. John Stanley hit his target. Governor Spate ended up dying of his wound. And he died there outside the cemetery. Well, now they say that if you are walking into the cemetery under the archway, there sometimes will be drops that fall from the arch that are blood red, like the blood of Governor State as he lay dying outside the cemetery. And if even one of those drops fall on one of the pallbearers then that person will be the next to die. Apparently they have facts and figures to prove such a claim. Uh, they, The drops also always fall in threes Co- get it? Because they counted down from three. <laughs> so make of that story what you will but people still swear by it according to this book that I read. So who knows? Maybe it's true. I don't know. I'm not there. But I do know that in the same book it says that when they made the archway the masonry they used, they also used a cement mixture to um, get keep to as they were doing the, the I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a stoneworker or a mason or a bricklayer. I don't know what what you call it. But when they were laying the stones and then putting the cement in, they used a mixture that was heavy in iron. So when the when it rains and the rain mixes with the iron in the mixture, it turns red <laughs> is the thought behind that. I don't know. I've never been there, so I can't tell you. But, you know, that's interesting to think about anyway. the moral of the story... Don't ever agree to a duel, man. <laughs> so, that was from New Bern. Sea Grove Cemetery. From Beaufort. I will admit to you, I, most of the tales are that I've got are either from Beaufort or I do have one from Otway. So, I heard this one from a co-worker who told me a little bit about it. So, I don't know much about it, but apparently there's a, a tale about a Boat, a ship that you can see from Otway, depending on where you are, that if the light hits just right, you can see a ship going by that looks like it's on fire. Apparently, many, 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 many years ago, there was something about a man from Otway who contacted a captain and wanted to get away on his ship, asked for passage on his ship. But the captain, who agreed to do it, Later told his crew that he planned to take everything from the man and kill him and toss him overboard. But the ship never made it into harbor. It caught fire and ended up burning and killing the crew out when they were out to sea. So now people say that you can see the boat gliding in the distance. Lit orange from the glow of a fire that will never be put out. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not there. So I don't know if that's real or not. But couldn't it just be the fun? I'm sorry. I don't mean like. I don't don't mean to make it sound. Like I don't believe you. (laughs) I just have a hard time believing. That depending on where you are. And depending on how the light looks. You might see this ship. It just makes it sound even more like it's the sun reflecting off something, and that's what you're saying. So that was from Otway, and then we had another one from Newburn. Now I got a couple from Beaufort, but they're not like I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And of course, like you said, there are tons of ship stories. So the ones that I have are ship stories somehow, some way. So If you go to the old burying ground, you're going to see a plaque that says something about the Chrissy Wright. So the Chrissy Wright is a big story around here. Everybody knows it. I've heard it from multiple people. I'm going to tell it, but I'm not going to tell it near as well as as what I've heard from locals. Locals always know the best stories. They really do. And they love to tell you the stories. And they've, they've done it so much that it's now a storytelling thing. And it's they do it so well, you're just immediately captured. So I, there's no way I'm going to tell it that well. But I'll do my best. So there was a ship called the Chrissy Wright. A schooner, is that how you pronounce it? Schooner. That ran aground off the coast of Beaufort. And it was a very cold, very dark, very windy and stormy night. And the people on the shore saw them run aground. But they couldn't get out to them because of how rough the sea was. So they signaled to them to let them know that they saw them, but that they couldn't get to them just yet. So the crew tried to save themselves by lashing themselves to the mast and then wrapping themselves in sailcloth. Well, the only survivor of from that night was a teenage boy. Everybody else died. They the next morning the people from the shore they went out to the boat to save the crew, found the teenager still alive. He was nursed back to health and sent home. But the rest of the crew were taken back to shore. Word was sent out about the men who had perished, and most of them were claimed, but three men were not. Uh they were in they were buried in the Beaufort Cemetery in the old burying ground. And Legend says (laughs) that you can see these men wandering the grounds in the old Beaufort burying ground late at night. (laughs) It's always late at night. You ever notice that? If it's a ghost apparition, they're always seen at night. And I'm like, why is that? Like, Honestly, I want to hear a story about somebody who was just walking around their house at noon. Or something bright as day outside, completely lit interior, and they saw a ghost go by. Like, I want to hear that story because I mean, it gets kind of boring just hearing about the you know, nighttime visitor. It's very, it's just annoying. I want to hear about a noonday visitor, anyway. So, that was one of the stories. Another one of the stories was the rum keg girl. So, there was a little girl who lived many, 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 many years ago with her mama and her daddy here in Beaufort, but they were from somewhere in Europe. I can't remember if it was England or Ireland or somewhere like that. And one day the man said to his wife that he was going to go home and visit family. Well, the little girl begged to go, but the mom said no. She didn't want the little girl to go. Finally, dad convinced mom to let little girl go but mom begged him to bring the little girl home at the end of the visit so dad and daughter go off to england or ireland or wherever they were they were originally from they visit the family on their way back from visiting the little girl died at sea the dad who couldn't bear to bury his daughter at sea Plus, he had promised the mom that he was going to bring her home. Had them put her in a rum keg to preserve her body until they got back to Beaufort. Well, when they got back to Beaufort, they never took her out of the rum keg. They went ahead and buried her in the rum keg. A legend says (laughs) that you can see a little girl running through the graves at night. And you can hear her giggles as she runs. I'm like, really? There's another one. At night. It's gotta be at night. But it also, isn't it a little creepy? It's a little creepy to me when it's children. Like, it's sad, because it's children, too. That's very sad. But it's also really creepy. There's something about child ghosts that is so creepy to me. Like, who doesn't think that, though? Like, there's something about it. I mean, that's why the little girls from The Shining are so memorable, because they're so scary. They're just so creepy. nobody wants that (laughs) so anyway so those are two from Beaufort from the old burying ground there are a lot of interesting stories about the people who are buried at the old Beaufort burying ground there's one about a couple this isn't a ghost story but there's one about a couple who were they fell in love as young people and then his Her daddy didn't want him marrying her, so he hid the letters from the boy, and the girl, you know, never got married or anything because she was waiting for him, and he went off and, and thought that she hated him, and he got married to somebody else, and then spent years with her, and then later on, when they were both older, older adults, they... Somehow he got in touch with her again, and they ended up getting married. And you know, after having spending many, 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 many years apart, and then she ended up dying the next month. It was like, oh, this was so sad. <laughs> that's not a good story. It's just a sad story. Poor thing. All sorts of good stories from there, though. Now, this next one is not. I mean, it's. I guess it could be a ghost story. I don't know. I don't know if there are wandering spirits in this story or not. But there is a tale of Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed, who I was not I was not aware how closely related to Beaufort those two women were. Uh, but they actually met in Beaufort. <laughs> two of the, the most notorious female pirates met in Beaufort. So that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's why I'm going to tell this story regardless of whether or not it's a ghost story. Because it's an interesting story. So, apparently, Mary Reed grew up in Europe. I can't ask you to say in Europe. But honestly, I can't remember if it was Ireland, England, Scotland, France. I don't know where it was. It was somewhere over there. Um. So, she grows up over there. She ends up meeting a man. And they fall in love. And then they end up moving here to Beaufort. And they start an inn and they were there for many years until he died and then she ended up turning to a life of piracy later uh but that, i mean that's just wow i just love the idea of them coming here to make an end though. that's that's so cool to me it's so cool but then ann bonnie grew up in newburn i think it was i think it was i think it said newburn i'm pretty sure it said newburn it was somewhere in craven county and she was a very funky and, you know, boisterous and um, no nonsense. She wasn't going to take nothing from anybody. She was going to do what she wanted to do. She wasn't going to have a man tell her otherwise. She wasn't going to have anybody tell her otherwise. And (laughs) she ended up, um, all the suitors that she had, none of them were acceptable to her to her everybody else liked him she didn't like him so she was you know making up her own rules well so finally she ends up finding a guy and it's a, a random guy he's like a, a sweet timid guy who nobody expected her to fall for and he was a worker on a ship well she fell for him But Danny was not happy with that and told her that she couldn't do that. Well, she was like, yeah, you're not going to tell me what I can do. She ran away with the guy. They got married. They came here to Beaufort and they were here in Beaufort for a few weeks. And they stayed at the inn that Mary Reed ran with her husband. So that's how the two women met the first time. Anne and her husband ended up They were going to go elsewhere, and they were going to do it on a ship. Well, as soon as they left Beaufort Harbor, they got attacked by a pirate. Please don't ask me what the name of this pirate was. I don't remember. There are so many names from the story. But basically, this dread pirate came, and it was like an evil, evil pirate. He ended up boarding their ship. He killed all the men, including her husband, in horrible, torturous ways, and made her watch. And then he captured her and took her with him down to Jamaica, where when they got there, he freed her. Well, she's this lone woman in, you know, what is this? It's like the late 1700s, early 1800s. I think it's like I think it's mid to late 1700s. And she's all alone in a foreign country and doesn't speak the language. <laughs> what is she going to do? Well, she turns to piracy. <laughs> she ends up not caring one whit about anything or anybody. She ends up meeting the pirates who, not the same pirate who captured her, a different pirate, obviously. But she meets this other pirate and they fall in love. And she, they get married and she tells him that she has to go with him on his voyages. So he allows it, which, you know, seafarers, women are not allowed on boats. Because that's bad luck, which is just horrible, but whatever. So, they go off on their pirate adventures. They're gone for a while. They end up running into Mary Reed. Mary dressed herself as a man to hide amongst the pirates. And she and Anne, Bonnie, ended up becoming very good friends. Through their adventures, Mary ended up getting married to another gentleman. And they... Continued their pirat- piratical ways until they were caught. Uh, they were caught by the the navy, and they were taken back to Port Royal. Well, when they got to Port Royal, at first the the Anne and Mary were both going to be hanged with uh, the their husbands and the crew, but they both said that they were pregnant, <laughs> so. They were spared because they were pregnant. Or at least until they gave birth, they were spared. But Anne, Mary's over here desperately in love with her husband and trying to plead for his life. But Anne went to her husband's jail cell and basically was like, a real man would have stuck up for us, so you, you're you not really a real man. And she <laughs> storms out. So basically, the story goes that Mary died. She. I think she died of a broken heart or she um committed suicide. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But Anne gave birth to her child and then was spared. She was pardoned. She went back to I think she went back to Craven County and there isn't a record of when she died or what she did. She went back there with her daughter and that's all that was said was that she went back with her daughter. But I think it's so cool that she and Mary Reed both have, you know, such strong relations to to Beaufort and to the surrounding area. It's very interesting to me. So, who knows? I don't know. Anne Bonnie could be wandering around Craven County going after people. I don't know. <laughs> no clue. Her great-great-great- great-granddaughter great, great could be roaming around right now. I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what happened to her. So, that's that story. I... I do love a good story. So there's a house in Beaufort called the Hammock House that apparently also has a rich and varied history that often ended bloody. And people swear they have seen and heard things. But there are no, from what I've found, there are no definitive tales about what happened. There's only conjecture. And in one case, there there is a specific tale. But in the rest of them, there's not. So. Basically, this house at one point was an inn. And even Blackbeard had been to this inn. And there are conflicting tales about what happened. But either he killed his wife there or he killed his girlfriend there because he thought she was cheating. So it was either he killed his wife because just for funsies or he killed his girlfriend because she was cheating. One of those two. Apparently, either way, a woman died there because of Blackbeard. So, there's that. So, they they still say you can see the blood from where she died, even though the porch has been painted and sanded multiple times. Who knows? I don't know. So, but there is another tale that said that at one point, a woman was there who... She was going to meet her future husband-to-be. Well, he is coming in to port to pick up his bride to be But he sees her with another man and he violently kills this guy because he's with her and then goes off, sails off into sunset. Well, this girl is like, that's my brother! (laughs) I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, that ended badly. That ended very badly. There was another story about uh, Civil War troops, Union troops, who went to the hammock house and were viciously killed. And their bodies were stuffed under the porch of this place. And they were found many years later, like in 1915, many years later after the Civil War. So they were in there that whole time. And people still say, you can see the blood on this, on this. And I was like, really? Really? You can still see the blood? You just don't know who's it's from? Who's from Black Bear's life or these guys or the guy who was viciously killed because he was the brother of the girl? I don't know, but a lot of people have died there, so people swear that they can hear a girls screams and they can see apparitions coming up and down the stairs of this place. I mean, I don't know, I haven't been there, so I don't know if that's real, but I do know that the house is private property, so you can't trust past to find out if this is real or not, but man, like. With a a house with that kind of a bloody history. Yeah, you know somebody's seen a ghost. You know somebody has seen a ghost. (laughs) Fun fact. So, not only are there local places that are haunted, but I am pretty sure that the Beaufort Library is haunted. And I say this because things happen around here that I don't know how they happen. I have no explanation for it. Like, I'll (laughs) I'll be walking through the library stacks and, you know, books will fall over magically, I won't even be anywhere near them. They'll just fall over. Or we'll come in the next day and there'll be a pile of books on the floor that was not there when we left. Or, ooh, my favorite one. There was a whole display that was put up that I never figured out who did it because the staff said they would never did it. And I know I never did it. So I'm like, okay, you know, we got a little prankster ghost around here. She's just she's either trying to be helpful or she'd be at a prankster. <laughs> one of the two. I named her Clorette she she has a name. I don't know. I've never seen her. All I know is that things happen, ma'am. Things happen. So, I believe this place is haunted. Tell your friends. <laughs> so, I I love a good a good scary story. There this place, like I said, is so full of history and so full of of just interesting people, but it's it's impossible not to have a varied history and a and of rich one. One full of ghost stories and scary stories and things that you know probably led to apparitions and whatnot. There's so many good ones. So I highly recommend you come to the library, pick out a book that it one of our books that talk talk about um eastern North Carolina tales or uh Carter County tales or something because there are there are a lot. But I will say one of my absolutely favorite scary stories ever <sighs> comes from not a book, as bad as it is to say, but the internet. Because the internet is full of of stories, obviously full of full of people writing things that I really do believe they need to be published. I think that there are so many talented writers out there who are using the internet as like a gateway to being published that I I am very grateful to the internet for that. It gives you know, bur- burdening writers a chance to um, practice their skills, hone their skills. So it's great to be able to read some of the things that people put out there that are just so creative and so well thought out. Yeah, you have some that are not that great. But then you have a lot that are really, really good. So one of my absolute favorite scary stories came from the Internet, came from uh, Reddit, I believe it was. And I say I believe it was because there are actually two websites. When I was um, at one of my previous libraries, I would do scary story programs for teenagers. And I would specifically look at reddit the no sleep reddit or i would look at this other website and i think it was just dot com. i think is what it was so they were all it was just full of creepy pastas and i would look at those to come up with ideas for these scary stories and some of them were just they were they were creepy you read them at first and you weren't so creeped out but then you think about it and you're like oh my gosh somebody thought of that <laughs> i mean there was one my absolute favorite one was, I'm going to say it as best as I can, because it was, there were several that were really good, but this one in particular, I was like, oh my gosh. So, it was the Russian experiment, I think is what it was called. Uh, forgive me if I if I got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was just the Russian experiment. But it was this group of people who agreed to be in a study in Russia where they were going to be locked into a room together and observed for days on end. I forget exactly how long it was, but they were going to be trapped in this room for days on end. And the whole thing was they could not sleep. So the scientists who were observing them outside of this room, kept pumping things into the room, this drug that was supposed to keep the people awake. So, for the first couple of days, everything's fine. But then everybody in the room starts going a little nuts. You know, because everybody can't handle no sleep. <laughs> so, of course, they start seeing things. They start hearing things. They start acting funny. They start attacking one another. Uh, they end up just completely off the wall. But at at, at one point, they all just start screaming. They're that's all they're doing is they're just screaming constantly, and then they start putting stuff on the windows so that the scientists can't see what they're doing anymore, and the scientists are just letting it happen, apparently they're like we can't go in the room 'cause it's gonna ruin the it's gonna ruin the data if we go in the room, so you know we gotta continue as we are well <laughs> the people, once the windows had been completely covered, and they're still screaming at this point, well, one day they just go silent. They just go completely silent. There is no sound from this room anymore. And the scientists, apparently, at this, I think it, at that point it had been like nine days. They'd been in there for nine days or something. And so the scientists are like okay? No, we got to break the. We got. I don't care about the data. We got to check on these people. We have no eyes on these people. We don't know what's going on. So they opened the door to absolute carnage. Everything had been just destroyed. They had attacked and killed one of the other people in the room. Like they had dismembered this person. They they had just gone insane and. A couple of them had died, I think, of just natural causes of just not being able to sleep. They had died. So they ended up, they had to get everybody out of the room, rush them to the hospital. They were unable to save some of them, but they were able to save a few of them. But the ones that they saved, they demanded to go back in. (laughs) They wanted to go back into that room. They hated being out in the in the regular worlds, and no matter how much people tried to talk to them to find out what was going on they just they kept saying that they had to go back they had to go back so finally after days, they they put them back in they were like all right fine we'll send you back in and they did and they all died <laughs> honestly it's been a while since i read the story i can't remember specifically in the end what killed them but they did they died i think they just died of sleep deprivation at that point but i i was just when i read that i was so creeped out because it's much longer story the story that you when you read it is so much longer and so much more detailed about what these people did and what they went through and It was horrifying to me. I mean, the idea of the, you know, what the human body can and cannot take and sleep is one of those things that we just can't deal without. We have to have it. So, yeah, I can imagine how how much that messed with them not being able to sleep. So, anyway. Yeah, that was one of the ones I found on either Reddit or Creepypasta. I'm not sure which one, but they're really good. (laughs) There's a lot of really good ones on there. So, I highly recommend that, too. But, Obviously, I highly recommend you come to the library first and get some scary stories. (laughs) Because we have a lot of good ones. We even have some for teens and children. Of course, everybody knows about scary stories to tell in the dark. But there are other scary tales that we have that are available for all ages. We even have little gateway books for, for the youngins, the picture books that are not really scary, but they may creep out a child. I don't know. I grew up on horror movies, so I'm not sure what is particularly creepy <laughs> to a child. That sounds really bad, but one of my earliest memories is watching the movie It, uh, the the 1990 miniseries with Tim Curry. Well, that was one of my earliest memories, was watching that. And I just, I thought, oh, it's a clown, it's funny, ha ha. <laughs> then you grow up and you watch it again and you're like, oh my gosh. That's not funny. That's bad. <laughs> so, anyway. So, yeah, I love scary stories. I hope you do, too. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it gave you an insight into the local history, into, you know, the what's going on in, in your own backyard and, and how creepy things might be. I don't know. You know, you know I, I don't know. I don't remember any stories from back home about ghosts and stuff i'm very disappointed because i i wish there was one i wish we had a local legend about something because those are just the best stories ever so both for and carter county the fact that they are so rich in these kind of stories is just amazing to me so enjoy those stories people keep making them keep doing you thank you for joining us for our podcast this week if you have any suggestions for things you'd like to hear us talk about, don't forget you can go to our website to the podcast tab and, you know, send us, send us your suggestion. Let us know what you'd like to hear and we'd be more than happy to do it. Uh, so thank you for joining me. I hope to see you next time. Bye.